Good morning again. Let's open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5. We've been looking at different people in the scripture. Um, Last few weeks we looked at Elijah, and then last week we looked at uh, Cain and Abel, kind of the first two kids, and, and we saw that Cain and Abel, they were they were very different, different personalities, different gifts, different callings in life. But they brought these offerings to God, right? And, and Abel's was accepted and Cain's was not accepted. And so we have to like look at that and, and we, we say, well, what made the difference? And the, the writer to the Hebrews tells us that it was faith. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. And that testimony was, was one of faith, that he trusted that he had a heart for God, that he had a relationship, that he believed in God. And that's really what, what makes the difference in all of life with, with all of us, is that we have a heart after God. So we, we're looking at these two guys, you know, the two kids, the first two kids, and, and what happens? We see jealousy, we see envy, and we see murder. When you think about it, can you imagine what it was like for Adam and Eve, their first two kids? One of them murders the other. I mean, this is not a great way to get your family started, right? And, and just the devastation. I mean, you know, we've raised kids and it's difficult, it's hard. But when something like that happens, you know, I think about, um, and some of you know this, I think about my own mom raising eight kids and six boys and two girls, and, and they were in trouble. Not me. Actually, I was right in there, but the three oldest, they got into a lot of trouble. And one of my older brothers, uh, uh, he was involved in a kidnapping, and, and uh, he spent most of his early life in prison. And, you know, watching what that does to your, your mom, you know, it's, it's devastating. But this is kind of the state of our society, the state of sin. What, what brings this stuff out is, is that, that, again, Genesis chapter 3, the fall brought about this kind of thing. And this is what we see in this world and, and, and in this life. Cain was warned by God, but he didn't listen. He killed his brother. And, and I was thinking about this, too. You know, maybe we don't murder people physically, but sometimes we get envious and we get jealous and we murder them with gossip. We murder their reputation. Well, I can't, I'm not going to go kill the guy, but, but if I say this and if I say that, you kind of get to that place. But God saw and God heard, and that, that verse that says that your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Innocent blood cries out to God from, from the ground, and he hears. But we ended up in chapter 4 where it says that that the line of Seth, Adam and Eve had another son, and they named him Seth, and it says that at that time men began to call on the name of the Lord. Kind of like the first revival, calling on the name of the Lord. Now today we're going to look at somebody else, but, but before we get to that, I want to ask you, what happens when you walk with someone? I asked you if you like to walk, and, and some of you said yes, some of you are just lazy. And uh, no, I don't mean that. 
Well, maybe I do. But there's something that happens when you walk with someone, right? And, and I think, I've been thinking about this. My wife and I, you know, when we, we like to walk together, and we, when we go away, we always spend time walking. We just walk and walk and walk. And we went to, last time we went to Israel, we walked, I think, 70 miles. And, and so, but there's something about walking, and, and you're, you're side by side, right? You're, you're going at a, a, the same pace, and you have to kind of work at that sometimes. If you walk faster than the person you're with, you have to slow down. Or, or if, you know, maybe you're the slow one, you need to speed it up a little bit. But there's something happens when you're walking together. There's this communication that takes place. You talk, and, then, and maybe then there's times also when there's no talking. It's just what they call a, a companionable silence. I just made that up. No, I didn't. I read that somewhere, I'm sure. But there's this sharing together. You, you know, it's just like a peaceful thing. And there's, you know, you're, you're, kind of, you're, you're kind of on the same wavelength. Now, I've, you know, don't get me wrong. There are times when you're walking with someone and you're, you just have to really work something out. And there's like a, you know, this struggle that's happening. And that, that has to happen sometimes, too. And maybe it's better when you're out walking somewhere where nowhere else, no one else can hear what you have to say. But I think, for me, what, what stands out in this concept of walking with someone is that you're on the same path and you're going the same direction. And that you're going to the same destination. You're, you're heading somewhere and you're together, you're, you're heading for the same destination. The, the verse in Amos 3.3 uh, 3 says this, Can two walk together except they be agreed? Can two walk together except they be agreed? Jesus talked about two different paths, didn't he? What were they? What were the two paths Jesus talked about? I want to get you kind of thinking here for a second. What were they? The narrow path and the wide path, right? There's, there's two paths in life, and, and they, they both have very different destinations, don't they? Isn't that what Jesus said? The, the wide path leads where? To destruction. And the narrow path, Jesus said, leads what? To life. Very different destinations. And, but Jesus said, you know, you have to decide which path you're going to walk on. Are you going to take the wide path? And it's very wide. Not only that, but he said many people are going on that path. It's like that's where, you know, the crowd is going that way. Who are we going to walk along with? Or the narrow path that, that leads to life. He says there's, there's not, everybody's not walking down that path. It's the destination that makes the difference, isn't it? It's the destination. We have to keep that in mind. Which path am I on? Which path are you on? Are, are you on the path that the world's following, that, that just the, the, you know, the sheer numbers are, are making that path wide? Are you on that narrow path, the path of the Lord? Because we can't walk on both. They're, they're heading in different directions. You can't walk on both paths at the same time. We try sometimes. But the other question is, who are we walking with? Who are we walking with? Because that, that has to do with what we're going to talk about today in the, in the life of this man named Enoch. But it's also with people. Who are we walking 
with as far as people. You know, we, uh, you know, who are our friends? Who are our comrades? Who are the people that, you know, we spend a lot of time to, that we spend life with? Are we heading in the same direction? Are we going different directions, different destinations? One is going to be affected by the other. It's always true. So today we're going to look at uh, this guy Enoch, and I love looking at the different people, their lives and and things about them. Enoch in Genesis chapter 5, I mentioned Seth in chapter 4. Enoch, when you look through Genesis chapter 5, it's got this genealogy. How many of you just love to read the genealogies? They just kind of go over and over and over again, but there's stuff you can learn there. And sometimes if you dig into some of those things, you'd be amazed. But, but Enoch is in the line of Seth, right? This line that men began to call on the name of the Lord. Someone said this, that the world after the fall was a different place, and it was a world where human life was long and difficult and led to the grave. And it was a far cry from the Garden of Eden. When you look at Genesis chapter 5, we're not going to look at all these verses and all these people. Some of you don't even want to try to pronounce the names that are there. I get that. But when you look at the first whole section here, it says, you know, that... uh, Let's look at verse 6. When Seth had lived 105 years, he became the father of Enosh. And after that, he became... After he became the father of Enosh, he lived 807 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Seth lived 912 years, and then what? He died. And it says that about each one over and over again. And then he died. And then he died. Someone called this chapter Tombstone Lane. Because it's just talking about they die, they die, they die, they die. Then he died. And that's kind of what, again, comes out of this thing, the fall. But Enoch interrupts this tombstone alley with a very different message. Look at verse 21. This is where we're going to read verses 21 through 24. And when Enoch had lived 65 years... He became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. And Enoch walked with God. And then he was no more because God took him away. Enoch walked with God. That's, that's the message that, that we have. This guy walked with God. Now, we sometimes think of these Bible characters. They're so super spiritual and all that. But Enoch, just like Elijah, was a man just like you and me or a woman. Just like you, uh, you know, we're, we're human beings and we're, we've got the same kinds of problems and struggles. But it says that Enoch walked with God. We can't use that excuse. I can't walk with God because I'm not like that guy. I'm not like that woman. But it's just an excuse. It's interesting, the name Enoch means dedicated. But not in name only for this particular guy. Because, you know, Cain also, earlier we read Cain had a son named Enoch as well. But it wasn't the same. 
There's something that was different about this Enoch. It's a, he, had, he had turned his heart over to God. So he was at 65, he has Methuselah, right? I mean, I'm 60, how old now? 67. I can't imagine having a kid now. Like, I'm so over that. <laughs> None of my kids are in here, so I could say whatever I want to say, right? Is there one? Oops. <laughs> she's not supposed to be. She's not usually here, I should say. She's not supposed to be here. But she plays, the, she plays a mean box, I'll say that much. Anyways, this guy Methuselah, he's like the oldest recorded person, right? 969 years, it says he lived. And Enoch, or excuse me, Methuselah, you read this genealogy, you find out he was the grandfather of Noah. We're going to talk about Noah next time. But look at verse 22. It's interesting. It says this. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Is that when he started walking with God? After he had Methuselah? It kind of seems to say that, doesn't it? Having kids will change you. Maybe it's at that point that he got serious and he dedicated himself. Listen, I need to get, I need to get on track here. Just because he's from the line of Seth doesn't guarantee anything. Just because his, you know, his family members, they, you know, they were seeking after God, calling on the name of God. That didn't mean it. But, but Enoch now, it seems that he makes this dedication of himself. After he has kids, and, and I've seen it, I've heard about people, you know, they, they're doing their thing, and then they have kids, and they say, oh, we got to start going to church now because we want our kids to be raised properly. Have you heard that before? You've seen that kind of thing? Well, what happened before that? What, what, are you, what were you doing before? Well, whatever. If that's what it takes, have kids. And get your life together. Follow after God. Enoch, it says, he walked with God. And, and I just, that, that phrase, you can't you know, get away from it. He walked with God. He was side by side with God. He was communicating with him. There was this trust. They were, they were heading in the same direction. Now, God was the one leading. Enoch is really the one walking with God. God is the one who said, let's walk this path. This is the direction we're going to go. Because when you walk with someone, someone has to say, Hey, why don't we walk down by, you know, that road and we'll walk this way? Somebody's got to say it, and the other one says, yeah, that sounds good. Or they say, no, I want to walk over this way. But somebody kind of has to direct the path, right? In this particular case, guess who's directing the path? It's God. And it's the same with us today, too. Now, you say, well, you're, you're, you know, is this like physically? Did he like, you know, see God there walking next to him? Well, no, we're not talking physically, but by His Spirit. Uh, the Bible says that we walk what? By faith, not by sight. Just because we can't see God doesn't mean we don't walk with Him. It's a, it's a thing that's it's, it's by the Spirit of God. Later on, we're going to see in, in Hebrews when we wrap this up. 
It's about relationship. It's about this communion. It's, a, it's about making progress side by side and, and following the direction that God has and, and, and this communion that we can have with him. Can you have that with God? Can you walk with God? If you don't think you can, you're mistaken because we see it in the Bible. We see it in the scripture. Noah says Noah walked with God. Others talk about it. And in the New Testament, we see this over and over again, talking about how to walk and, 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 and what our walk should be like. But notice this, and, and this stands out too. How long did Enoch walk with God? How long did he? Did you read it with me? How long? 300 years. 300 years. Now, you and I, we have trouble with five minutes. Like this, the society that we're in, right? This instant society. You drive, in the, you know, drive up to get your coffee, and the line is really long, and you start getting frustrated. That's why I park the car and go in. I don't want to wait in that line. You drive through in the, at you know, the, the fast food place, and you're going to get that stuff really fast, because that's what we've been told. You've got to get it fast. It's got to happen quick. We see the social media. Most of that, you know, if it's a long post, you, don't, you just don't read it. If it's short, you know, some of these things limit you to how many words? Twitter's how many words? Most of you people have no clue. You're, a lot, you're like me. <laughs> how about some of you young people should know this? Like 28 words or something? I don't know what it is. You know, these relationships that are built on these little, you know, back and forth on social media. You know, our attention span is so short. Some of you, you know, checked out about 10 minutes ago. And you have no idea what I'm talking about. All of a sudden you said, Twitter? Twitter? Enoch, it says he walked with God 300 years. Now, was that like a, you know, a total smooth ride for 300 years? Was everything like perfect? No. Why, why do I say that? Because it says he had other sons and daughters. <laughs> so he was walking with God throughout all the stuff that life has. Everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. Adrian Rogers, who a preacher you hear him on ARV, he's with the Lord now, face to face. But but he said, he said this: three hundred years. That's hundred and nine thousand five hundred days. Good days, bad days, rain, drought, war, peace. He had a family. He he had work. He had a home. And he was living in a world of violence and vice. Why do you say that? Because the flood was coming. We're going to look at like what, what was that all about in the next uh, section here with Noah. But, but it was not an easy world to be living in. And God finally said, you know what, I, I've had enough of this. But yet he still walked with God in the middle of all of that. Which tells us that you and I can too. Another man said to walk with God is the business of a lifetime, not just an hour. 
You don't walk with God just when you go to church. I'm walking with God. I'm listening. I'm having communion. I'm, you know, I'm trying to hear what God is. Then you leave here and you go out and you walk in, down a whole different another path. No, it's a lifetime of decision of how and where we walk, how we live our lives. Verse 23 says that he's 365 years old now. He was 65, he had Methuselah, he walked with God 300 years, and then what happens at verse 24? It says he walked with God, then he was no more. Because God took him away. Where, where did he go? You know, his family going like, Enoch, where are you? They're looking around the house, they're looking around the farm, the, the stable, whatever. Where did Enoch go? But they knew something about Enoch was different, right? 300 years when if you walk for, you know, with God for a long period of time, people can see it. It's obvious. It should be obvious. If they have no clue that you're a Christian, something is, is not getting through. Something is not happening. Maybe you're not, or maybe you, you're not dedicated like, like Enoch said. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to listen. I'm going to do what God Ask me to do. But it's crazy here. Again, this tombstone alley, and, and then all of a sudden it's interrupted by this guy named Enoch, and we saw the same thing happen with Elijah. Enoch walked with God, and then he was no more because what? What happened? God took him. God took him. You say, well, but he was, he was only 365 years old. Now, we can't relate to that, right? But when people are living, you look at the, the accounts here, they're living like 900 years. So he's really just a youngster. You say, why did God take this man Enoch at such a young age? And we say, and we, you know, we, we, you know, we say, why did you do that, God? Why, how could that happen? But, but. It says here that God took him. God wanted him to be with him. We, we saw that, that he was walking with God for all these many, many, many years. And God said, you know what? It's time. I want you here with me. Does God have the right to say that, to do that? Absolutely, he does. He's sovereign. But like Psalm 20, uh, 73 says this, that the writer says, you, speaking to God, he says, you guide me with your counsel and afterward you will take me into glory. Where did he go? He went to glory. He went to glory. This is what happened. This man Enoch went to be with God. He didn't die. It says that in the book of Hebrews. But Matthew Henry said this, and I like it. He says, as he did not live like the rest, so he did not die like the rest. There was something different about him, and, and his end was very different as well. But look what it says in Hebrews eleven five. It said, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He didn't die. And he could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. He pleased God. How did he please God? It says that by faith, 
By faith he pleased God. We've been reading here in Genesis, he pleased God because he was walking with God and God was so pleased by that. You don't know how happy God is when you and I walk with him. It makes him happy. It pleases him. But the next verse in in Hebrews 11 is verse 6. It says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, number one, and number two, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. This is the context of of Enoch's life. Yes, he walked with God, but but he believed in God and and he he trusted in God, but he he also, he he was earnestly seeking after God. Can you say that? Can I say that? Is, Is it true about me and my life? Am I earnestly seeking after God? And and that's part of walking with Him. How are you going to walk with someone if you have no clue where they're going and what they want? And, and there's no communication taking place. You're not walking with anyone. He earnestly was seeking after God. One commentator, McDonald, said this, that Enoch was transported to heaven. He was transported to heaven prior to the flood, before the flood. And he goes on to say this, just as the church will be raptured to heaven before the great tribulation. It's an interesting thought, isn't it? Start to talk about the rapture and... and, and, uh, you say, well, how could that ever happen? How could the rapture happen? And when? We want to know when it's going to happen. That's really important. But Jesus said, you know, you don't know when. But I want to make it clear that there is absolutely such thing as a rapture in the Scripture. We see it in the life of Elijah. We see it in the life of Enoch that they actually went and, and they did not die physically on this earth, but they were taken up. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, you can read it. You know, if you read it, you, you see that this is absolutely going to happen. Now, it doesn't say exactly when. You know, there are people that have all kinds of different theories and different times. I, I'm a pan Trib person. What does that mean? It's all going to pan out. When God says it's time, it's time. But this is what Paul says in Thessalonians. He says, The Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. This is absolutely biblical proof that there is such a thing as a rapture. How could it happen? I mean, how can any of these things happen? How can God create the heavens and the earth? We're talking about God here. How could Enoch be taken up? He just was. God did it. God can do it as well in the future. In verse 18 of 1 Thessalonians 4, he says, Therefore, encourage each other with these words. There's some encouragement in it that God is going to do it. 
God's going to do it in his time. He's going to take us up to be with him. And that's what he wants. That's what he wanted with Enoch. He wanted him to be with him. But the very next verses in Thessalonians, Paul says, Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come, what? Like a thief in the night. Like a thief in the night. It's going to happen when God says it does, but, you know, we need to be ready. And, and the whole thing about it is we need to be ready at all times because we don't know when it's going to happen. But be sure that it will. But today, right here, right now, you and I, we need to talk about how we walk with God right now, today, to be ready for whatever God has for us. We look at a guy like Enoch and we, we, we read about him and read these scriptures. We, we can imitate this guy. We can think about how he lived and, and and that you and I can walk as well with God. Someone said this, God walks with his people in fellowship and communion. He said, when two friends walk together, they do so to enjoy each other's company. They find delight in sharing their thoughts and experiences. They speak together, they laugh together, they commiserate together, they confide in each other. And it's often at a deep level. There's something that takes place in this walking with God, just like there is. Enoch walked with God, and you and I can as well. Don't say, well, that's Enoch, or that's so-and-so, Abraham, Noah, whoever it was we talk about. Think about some of the people that were in the New Testament. They walked with God. Peter, John, this is after Jesus was you know, ascended into heaven. He died, he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and they, they walked with him. Paul talks about it, he walked with him. We walk by faith and not by sight. A few other things I'll mention as we wrap this up. It says that in the New Testament, it talks about walking in the fear of the Lord, walking according to the Spirit, walking as the Lord has called us, walking circumspectly, walking worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, walking in wisdom, and walking in the light as He is in the light. We studied it way back in 1 John where uh, John says this, if we claim if we claim, we just say it, that we have fellowship with Him, yet walk in the darkness... We lie, and we do not live by the truth. Again, this gets back to the fact that we can't walk on two different paths. So we say, I'm, I'm walking with God. I'm, I'm, I'm a believer in Jesus, and I'm walking with Him. And yet, yet our lives, we're walking down this path of darkness. He says, it, it's a lie. It's a lie. We're living a lie. And we're not really living by the truth. We can't walk on two paths. Scriptures, Jesus said it. You can't serve two masters. Paul said we can't. Drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. Can't do both. Paul says, you know, don't be unequally yoked. Don't be walking down the wrong path. There's a guy, he was a Calvary Chapel pastor and teacher. His name was Bob Hoekstra. And he's also now with Jesus. But he said this, that Enoch is a wonderful reminder of what life is all about. Walking with God by faith. 
throughout our days on earth, and then walking right on into the presence of God in heaven someday. That's the destination. That's where this path leads. Micah, here it is. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? What's good and what is God asking but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Let's pray together, shall we? Dear God in heaven, we thank you for the men and women in the scripture that we see that who, who lived lives, uh, not perfect lives, but lives who demonstrate that it's possible, that it's real, that it's a fact that we can walk with you, that we can follow you and, and, and be on the same path, that path that leads to life, that path that leads to heaven, the path that leads to glory, the path that leads to being with you forever and ever and ever. Father, show us. Show us what that means. Teach us, Lord. Challenge us with, with what path it is that we're on, that we would be challenged to, to live a life that is real, that's true. Walking with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing together. We got some fun for you.